Uh, hey, so glad that you guys are all here. Uh, my name is Jason Lowen. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you yet, I'm the, the strategy pastor here. And it is so good, uh, so grateful that you guys chose to spend an hour of your time with us here this morning. Hey, we're uh, actually going to be kicking off, as I'm sure you've kind of caught on by now, a brand new five-week series called At the Movies. Um, this morning, we're actually going to be taking a look at a uh, war movie. And so I noticed there's a couple of young kids in here. Uh, there's going to be a couple of clips that um, just have a little bit of violence in them. So if you would rather your kid not see that, we, as Taylor said, we have an awesome kids program. would encourage you to go uh, get them checked into that now. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when, when I'm watching a really good movie, uh, it makes me like want to get up and like do something, right? Like how many Braveheart fans we got in here? Yeah, Braveheart, right? So uh, when I, after I watch Braveheart, it kind of makes me want to like paint my face blue, go grab a sword, and run out in the middle of the street yelling, freedom! I mean, right? Anyone else ever done that before? The only one. Okay. Um, or, or like when you're watching Rocky, Rocky fans, I know definitely a couple of you guys. Uh, for me, like I got a heavy bag in my basement. And so for about a week after I watch any of the Rocky movies or the newer Creed movies, man, I strap those gloves on. I go work that heavy bag um, for about two weeks and then I get bored of it. But um, man, stories are so super inspiring. And so in light of the fact that we just celebrated the 4th of July, right? That this incredible holiday where, where we remember the fact that we have incredible freedoms here in this country. And, and, and we recognize, I think all of us recognize that these freedoms, they came at a high price, right? There, there's men and women all throughout the years that have given their lives so that we can experience these incredible freedoms. And so in light of that, we're going to be this morning going through and talking about the story, this incredible story of Private Desmond Doss, a uh, World War II hero who, uh, in, this, in this movie, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, and so this morning, we're going we're gonna to meet Private Desmond Doss. I mean, his story is so super powerful. As I said, he, he was a war hero. He was actually given the Medal of Honor for his incredible acts of bravery as, as he saved over 75 people on Hacksaw Ridge. But, but Doss's journey in the military got off to an incredibly rough start because of his convictions. Be over in a minute. You'll be home safe and sound like nothing ever happened. Private Desmond Doss, the charge is disobeying a series of direct orders from his commanding officer. How says the defendant? Private Doss wishes to enter a not guilty plea. Is that so, Private? I thought this was agreed. You wanted to enter some sort of plea bargain. Yes, sir, but I changed my mind. Just like that? You wish to proceed to a court-martial? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, on your head then, Private. Proceed. 
Your Honor, Private Doss waves his morality at us like it's some kind of badge of honor. He flaunts his contempt by directly disobeying a series of direct orders from his commanding officer, when the very best of our young men are sacrificing their lives against evil. You okay? Yes. Are they still deliberating? Yes, sir. Okay, now you go take this in there. I can't. Strictly military personnel. Well, then you get one of them to take it they in. They ain't out to help. They're fixing to bury him. There is only one question that any military court need ask of the accused. Do you deny disobeying Colonel Sangston's direct orders? Well, do you, Private? No, sir, I don't. Why are you contesting it, then? Why is it so important to you, given your refusal to even touch a weapon to serve in a combat unit? Because when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, I took it personal. Everyone I knew was on fire to join up, including me. There were two men in my hometown. Declared 4F unfit, they killed themselves because they couldn't serve. I had a job in a defense plant. I could have taken a deferment, but that ain't right. It isn't right that other men should fight and die that I would just be sitting at home safe. I need to serve. I got the energy and the passion to serve as a medic. Right in the middle with the other guys. No less danger, just... while everybody else is taking life, I'm gonna be saving it. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, it doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. So Doss is facing a court-martial and, and an extended prison sentence. And you, you met his fiancée there in, in the middle of that scene. He, he was actually scheduled to get married several days earlier, but because he was thrown in prison, he had to miss his own wedding day. His training was so brutal, uh, his, fellow, his fellow soldiers that he was training with actually beat him up and made his training miserable because, because they were so convinced that because of Doss's convictions, that, that when push come to shove, when, when the bullets were flying, when they were in that foxhole together, that Doss wouldn't be able to have their backs. And Doss had this, this incredibly strong conviction to never touch a gun, and yet facing these circumstances, it, as I was preparing this message and as I was thinking about this, these scenes, it made me wonder, like, what, what would I do in this situation? What, what would you do? It, you're, you're faced with these, these situations, these circumstances, and you have these incredibly strong convictions. Would, would you cave under the pressure? Or, or would you stand up for what you believed in? You know, da Doss was convinced that if he caved under pressure, he would never be the type of man that he knew he wanted to be. And Doss, he was a, a conscientious uh, objector, or he referred to himself as a conscientious cooperator. You see, Doss intentionally enlisted in the war because he knew what was at stake. He knew that the freedoms and, and the, the, the privileges that, that him and his family and his loved ones that they enjoyed, that they were, they were under attack. And so he knew what was at stake, and so he intentionally enlisted but he also had these incredible convictions to never touch, to never touch a gun. He, he believed that killing was a violation of one of God's most sacred commandments. 
And he had also personally seen the destructive power of hatred. Oh, the dream. Claim to be sane. My daddy's a drunk. He fought it for years, but it kind of got a hold of him hard and made him mean. At least you knew it. Mine could have been any one of ten guys, and none of them were worth a damn, so. So your mama raised you? I knew her, but she gave me to an orphanage when I was five. Never saw her again. I learned how to hate quick. Learned how to judge people quicker, and I got you very wrong. My daddy used to beat me and my brother just because the sun rose and then whip us just because it set. I could take that. But when he would do it to our mama, a terrible thing. It, it's so opposed to the way that God intended for us to interact with one another. And, and, as, I, and as I was thinking about this message, like I was thinking, where, where does this come from? And, and I think that the destructive power of hatred, and it, come, it comes from pride. But, but what's at the heart of all that? Like, where does all of that come from? Like what, what drives one man to have so much hatred for another that, that he, would, he would seek to kill them? Or, or what drives one country from having so much hatred that they would, they would try and destroy another? What, what's at the heart of all of that? I think that the reality is that there, there is more to this life than we can see and feel and touch. There, there's an evil that exists in this world 
And it's more than just like the evil force that we find in Star Wars and other movies like that. No, there's an actual enemy. And this guy named Peter, this guy who lived 2,000 years ago, uh, who, who lived and walked and hung out with Jesus, tells us about the, this, this enemy that we have, that, that he is, is against us, that he is 100% hell-bent on our destruction. First Peter 5, verse 8, this is Peter that tells us this. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But, but why? Like, why does this devil, why does he hate us so much? Why does the devil hate you and me so incredibly much? As, as you look at the biblical narrative, the, the story that's told throughout the pages of Scripture, there's, there's two authors in particular uh, that lived thousands of years ago, this, this guy named Ezekiel and this other guy named Isaiah. And they, they write about this creature that is known as the devil, and they, they tell us about where he came from. This creature, the devil, uh, he was originally created as an angel that was the most powerful, the most beautiful creature that God created. Like you have God as the top dog, right? And, and, and this creature is second to God alone. But this creature wasn't satisfied to being second. He, he believed that he could do God better. He believed he could do God better. And this, this is where all war began. This is where all war began. When God kicked this creature out of heaven and ultimately sentenced him for destruction, he became the devil. And his hatred for God, it grew and it grew and it grew. But, but the devil knew that he couldn't directly attack God. He tried that and failed. And so he did the second best thing. He attacked that which God loved the most. And that's you and that's me. And in this attack, as the devil begins attacking the human race, we begin to fall to his lies and we begin to do things that lead us towards our own destruction. And so God has a choice in this moment where he can either hang an out of order sign on the earth and walk away as we are just bent on our own destruction or God could choose to step in he could choose to intentionally put himself in harm's way to rescue those that he loves. And I think as a parent, we can understand this choice, at least on some level. I know for me, and certainly not, certainly not to the extent that God understands this, but, but for me as a parent, like I remember it was about five years ago. Uh, our family, we were living up in, in Boyne City, Michigan, and I, I, was, I was chopping wood in the backyard, and uh, Landon was about six, six and a half at the time, and Aiden had just learned to walk, right? So, you know, he's doing like, you know, the diaper walk, right? Where you kind of just like waddling around, walking real slow, and Landon grabs him by the hand, he's in the backyard, and starts walking him out to the backfield. Our, our, our property backed up to Young State Park, and so there's this vast field right behind our property, and I, I remember watching the two of them kind of out of the corner of my eye as Landon proudly is kind of showing Aiden around and showing him the things that he had discovered. And so I'm, I'm, I'm chopping wood, you know, getting ready for winter, and, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I hear both boys scream. Now, now for those of you guys who aren't parents, let me just fill you in on something, right? As parents, we understand that our kids have different types of screams. 
Some screams you have to pay attention to, some you can just kind of ignore, right? So like, for instance, the screams when like, I mean, they're two brothers, right? They're two boys. So like, there might be a time, maybe possibly, where they're picking on each other, where one might be kicking another and you're just like, well, just hit him back, like you'll be okay, right? Um, or or there's, there's other screams. All three of my children, uh, including Charlotte here, um, have at different times fallen down the stairs, right? Just going too fast, they trip and fall. And so you listen as a parent, like, did they break their arm? Nope, wasn't that scream, they'll be okay, right? So I can just keep doing whatever I'm doing, they'll come give me a hug and they'll be okay. Um, But this wasn't those screams. In that moment, as soon as I heard them screaming, it was a blood-curdling scream that I knew instantly something was horribly wrong. So as soon as I heard that scream, I dropped the ax and I turned and I'm, I'm sprinting as fast as I can towards the boys. And as soon as, I, as, soon as I, my, my gaze was fully fixed on the boys, I knew what had happened. They, they had walked over and kicked a yellow jacket's nest. And they were getting stung over and over and over and over again. So as soon as I get, get to the boys, I grab Aiden under one hand, landing out of the other arm and I turn, I'm yelling, Laura, open the door, open. And I get back there throw the kids down. Well, don't throw them. I set them down on the couches and we start getting ice for them. But I knew in that moment that, that, that the worst was yet to come. See, uh, typically when I get stung by a bee, I have about two hours before I go into anaphylactic shock. And I just been stung like five, six, maybe seven times. So I knew that the worst was yet to come. I survived. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> now some of you guys are like, did, did he make it? Oh my gosh. Yes, I survived. Um, I, I think, I, isn't that what a good father is willing to do for those that he loves? To rescue those that he loves? And that's exactly what God did for us. That's exactly what our father in heaven did for us. When he was faced with this choice to simply hang an out of order sign on the earth or step in and personally, intentionally intervene to rescue us. He, he chose love. He chose you. And if it was just you, he would have made the exact same choice. But, but we, we, we have this devil, the, the, our, our enemy, who, who is bent on our destruction. And, and he's convinced each and every one of us, every single one of us, to choose self over others. To choose to lie, to steal, to cheat to hate, and, and, and we know that it's wrong. Every single one of us, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, I mean, even if, even if you're just beginning this journey of trying to explore and find out what you believe about this whole spirituality and religion and faith thing, like somewhere deep down in all of our hearts, every single one of us know that these things are wrong. And throughout the pages of scripture, different authors have referred to this as sin. I want you to check this out. From, from Romans chapter five, verse eight, this guy named Paul writes this. He says, but God. So, so while we are still in, in this self-destruction, in these cycles of choosing wrong, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, while we're still walking in destruction, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ, God himself, the second person of the Trinity, willingly, purposefully, intentionally 
was born as a baby, came to this earth. He's 100% God, but he's 100% human. And he took on he took on our sin. He intentionally gave up his life. He intentionally died so that we could be freed from slavery to sin, from the slavery to sin that we put ourselves in by our choices. <laughs> and it's freedom that he wants for us. But but he didn't, because he didn't, he didn't stay dead. He wants us to be free, free from sin, but free from the power of death. And so he did not stay dead. He rose from the dead. And it's in that single act that, that sets Jesus' followers apart from every other religious group. See, in, in every other religious group, they, they, they follow someone who's got good teachings, but, but that teacher, that prophet, stayed dead. But for us as Jesus followers, we, we, we don't follow Jesus just because of what he said. We follow Jesus because he rose from the dead. He conquered sin, he conquered death, and he offers us freedom. And that's what his blood on the cross 2,000 years ago purchased for you and for me was freedom. Your freedom. Freedom to pursue joy, freedom to pursue peace, freedom to pursue purpose. And all that we must do to receive this freedom is simply believe. It is simply to trust, to trust that what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago, that it is enough. You, 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 can't, you can't earn your salvation. It's simply believing. It's simply trusting. And if you've, if you've never trusted in Jesus this morning, I, 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 wanna, I wanna encourage you. Would you consider that this morning? Would you consider that to be maybe, maybe even why you're here? If you've never placed your faith in Jesus, it, it's, as simple, it's as simple as saying, Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. I trust in you. It's praying, it's talking to God. And so right now, if, if you've never done that, you can do that even right now in the quietness of your own heart. You can just, you can just talk to God and, and you can say, God, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you that Jesus is enough. And, 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 if, and if that's what you've done this morning, if, if you've placed your faith and your trust in Jesus for, for the forgiveness of your sin, uh, if you've placed your faith in him so that you might experience freedom, I would love to know who you are. And I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand or stand up or come forward or do anything like that. But what I would love, we, we would love to know who you are. So what I would love everyone to do, would, would everyone please take out your phones? Might be a little bit weird, I know. Most people, most pastors are like, hey, put your phones away. Please take out your phone. I want everyone to pretend like they're texting, okay? Um, if, if this morning, if this morning you placed your faith in Jesus for the very first time, would you text the word faith to 810-510-0298? 
This is just a very simple way uh, for you to be able to communicate to us uh, as, as Grumlaw staff uh, that you've placed your faith in Jesus. Text the word faith to 810-510-0298. Uh, we would love to just walk alongside you and help you take those first steps uh, as a Jesus follower to celebrate with you this incredible decision, the most important decision that you could ever make in your entire life. Text the word faith to 810-510-0298. My, my prayer is that each and every one of us might live in the fullness, the abundance, the joy that, this, that, that Jesus purchased by his blood, the, the freedom that he offers. But, but what happens when these freedoms come under attack? What happens when we realize that, that those that we love, that those that we care about, that, that they are are living in that same slavery, that same bondage to sin that we once lived in? What happens when, when we realize that those freedoms are under attack? What happens when we realize that if those that we love were to die today and, and to have never trusted in Jesus, that they would be eternally separated from God? It, it should break our hearts. I, I know it breaks God's heart. And so my hope for each and every one of us is that we would begin to see this world as a world at war. The, the way that this world really exists, that there's a war going on all around us, a war for our souls, a war for the souls of our friends and our family. And when we begin to see life this way, when we begin to see our world this way, we will begin to ask questions. Like, what do we do about it? How do we respond? trapped up on, on Hacksaw Ridge, Private Desmond Doss had, had a moment just like this. He's surrounded by the horrors of war. He's beginning to see what really war is all about. And he was crying out to God and asking God, like, why am I here? What's my purpose? And it was in that moment that he knew how he should respond. Hey, help me get him down! Help me get him down! Yeah. Come on! Can't help him, buddy. He's gone. No. Come on! We gotta get out of here!
For those of us who are Jesus followers, and, and for many of us, maybe we just became Jesus followers, but may we have the courage of private Desmond Doss to do whatever it takes to reach just one more. May we begin to see this world as a world at war, a war for the souls of our friends and our family, for those that we love. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to rescue those that you love. And here's the awesome thing. I, I would hope that as we've been, as we've been talking this morning, that, that many of you are like, yeah, I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Here's a beautiful thing. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, after he rose from the dead, conquering sin, conquering death, conquering the grave, but before he rose and ascended and went back to heaven, he spent about 40 days with his followers. And during those 40 days, he, he told his followers several things. And there's two promises I want to focus on this morning. For those of us, specifically for those of us who are ready, who are willing to do whatever it takes to reach just one more. The first is this, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. <laughs> the God of the universe is going to be with us always for the rest of our lives that we're willing to do whatever it takes. And then Acts chapter one, this guy named Luke, Acts chapter one, verse eight, Luke tells us this recording of what Jesus said. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. So we have the presence and the power of the God of the universe, the God who gave himself up that we might experience freedom. The God who conquered sin, conquered death, conquered the grave is going to be with you and with me. When we're willing to live in this way, we have access to the presence and the power of God. So would you be willing to do whatever it takes to rescue those that you love? And if you're like, man, I I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Let's do this, let's start right now. Let's begin living this way with this kind of intentionality, with this kind of purpose right now. And there's something that we can do to begin this journey even right now. I'd love for each of you guys to get your phones back out. Um, and I want you guys to open up your phones. You can't do this if you have a dumb phone, sorry. Um, but if you've got a smartphone, go to, go to the Grumlaw Facebook page. 
And so at the top of the Grumlaw Facebook page, we pinned Brittany's story. So you guys, if you've been here for even just a couple weeks, you know that almost every single week, we show a story of life transformation. The story of someone from among us who's been transformed by the power of this gospel message. And so it was just a few weeks ago, uh, we watched Brittany's story. uh, The story of how God absolutely changed her life. And so what I would love for you guys to do is to go on the Grumlaw Facebook page and I want you to share her story. So what I would love for you to do, click on share and then click send in messenger so that you could send this video as a private message to someone that you know, someone that you love, someone that you're in a relationship with. And before you hit send, I'm gonna pray for you. So I want you to just work on typing out just a personalized message, something like, hey, like I've been thinking about you this morning. Uh, would you check out this video? I think, it'll, I think it'll really be meaningful to you. Something as simple as that. You can, you can personalize it however you'd like, but get that message ready. And bef- before you hit send, I'm going to pray for you. Um, I, I, the, the rest of this day, as you send this message and, and your friends or your loved ones, as, as they begin to engage with you in conversation, uh, they might have questions, ask those questions. Uh, if, if you don't know how to, how to answer them, that, that's fine. You can reach out to Shay or myself or any one of the leaders here. Uh, we'd be happy to help you find answers, but engage with them in conversation. And then at some point in the conversation, you allow, remember the, the power of the Holy Spirit that's been promised to you, rely on the Holy Spirit. And when he tells you, ask this question, does what Jesus did for you make sense? Does what Jesus did for you make sense? Engaging with them about the, the, the power of, of what God did in Brittany's life. Maybe you share with them a little bit about what God's done in your life uh, and then ask them this question. Does what Jesus did for you make sense? And then this follow-up question. Is there anything keeping you from trusting in Jesus right now? It's a great way to bring your friends, to bring your loved ones to the point of decision. Is there anything keeping you from trusting in Jesus right now? So I'm gonna pray for you as you have this message ready. And then when I say amen, I want us to all hit send together.